workers in Congress. We really think that uh, that we are going to see vaccine-preventable childhood diseases becoming a national priority. I mean, they, you know, our our lawmakers say that they're pro-life, but I, I've never really seen. I mean, if we make the AR-15 the national rifle of of the U.S., we're just we are just living in two different worlds, really, quite frankly. Seriously. So at the end of the day, because when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, so what is little me supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to combat this insane world that we're living in right now? All I can say is it is up to us individually to do what we need to do to protect ourselves and our children and to our best ability. So, 100%. 100%. you know, so these 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 people, these these children that are unprotected, if every parent would just do it like do what you need to do to take care of your children we could bring this down like who cares about the national priority because apparently no one else does but you individually you care about yourself and your children and and that's all we can do that's all we can hope for at the at this time in this world that we live in that's it 100 percent. and also recognize it's your voice hope that are being broadcast to over eighty thousand people right yeah that message is being broadcast to a lot of people across the country so um, I yes. think the words that you say are incredibly important. Bang. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. This is KBOO Pointland. You're listening to All Thrills, No Frills, Volume 2, KBOO's special programming campaign. Check out all the special programs we're bringing you in February and March at kboo.fm slash thrills. Help us reach our goal of $17,000 by March 25th. You can go to kboo.fm slash give or text us. Type in KBOO to the number 44321. For the thrill of it all, keep listening. Cable Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of Atomic Bamboozle, the false promise of a nuclear renaissance, on Sunday, March 12th from 2.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Cinema 21 in Portland. Atomic Bamboozle is a documentary film that challenges the proposed climate change solution of returning to nuclear power. The film will be followed by a Q&A with experts and advocates in the film. Again, that's Atomic Bamboozle, the false promise of a nuclear renaissance on Sunday, March 12th from 2.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Cinema 21, 616 Northwest 21st Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. The following program is a rebroadcast. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred. Thank you for tuning into KBOO Portland.
Welcome to an extra special Rose City Native Radio. I'm your host, Jack Malstrom. This is a two-hour show where we highlight the amazing indigenous femmes of today and yesterday. Uh, for Since time immemorial, uh, indigenous women have been on the front lines of of everything. We were a part of everything and we continue to be a part of everything and help lead our people into the future. So we'll be hearing a series of native, uh, female native musicians, uh, spoken word poets, um, activists, leaders in our communities and more just uh, having ourselves an uprising. And so with that being said, we're going to start off. So started off the show here with Miriam uh, featuring Superman with Native. Going to bring it over to a good hype song. Get us all in the mood as we listen and learn uh, from today's broadcast. So this is Angel Hayes featuring a tribe called Red with a tribe called Red. Switch up the team at the magic begin. Told all you haters I'm in it to win it. Way back when them losers weren't letting me in. All of these bitches is mad at me, so money appear now they magically broke. Honestly, really can't pay it no mind because spending that time means I'd rather be broke. I'm out here living my passions and mo. Witnessing pieces and passion my soul. Nothing can irritate masters like literally showing them sadness can turn into growth. Haters gon' hate when you win and shit. Don't play these bitches, they tend to forget. I'm out here yelling, look at me now. I was both on the ground, now I'm stuck in the clouds. Look where I am and then look where I've been Tell me that I am not destined to win Never 
force my ambition to step in the line. I know that they do not want me to shine. I know that they do not want me to climb. I know inside that being a boss, me making these just get back on their jobs. Can anyone fuck with me now? No. How do these just respond? Don't. Looking behind and seeing me now. What do they think I'm beyond? Don't. I just been taking my time slow. Being alone with my mind flow. Putting the conscious of all that's inside me into this shit that been designed. Go. Crossover pivot, I'm back in the game. That's why I'm Focus on bridging the gap and showing the youth all the way to accomplish their dreams. Know how it feels when they're kicking you down. And it's getting you down. You gotta make the decision to be the one difference in your life and turn it around. Turn it around, turn it around. Even when you feel you dumbing it down. I know it's hard to be adamant too. When you stand out like a sore thumb in the crowd. Ow. No bitches and quitters allowed. Crawl inside you into the survival of your dreams until you are living them out. out to the hood in the Shoney, otherwise known as the Iroquois, and the all-mind indigenous people, those that know where they come from, and those that don't. But where I come from, I'm talking back home The Iroquois nations, land claims placed us on reservations Tried to erase us, confining our spaces Too much hating, self-medicating, and sedating Yeah, I'm mad at the white man Y'all are walking on stolen land Your forefathers are known to me as slaughterers Your fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, and daughters Your heroes are known to me as villains Responsible for genocide and mass killing Killing that's why I, I put up a middle finger on my hand But throw up the piece for the wolf and deer clan huh. I ain't a Navajo, Blackfoot a crow I rep the Iroquois nations for the next seven generations <laughs> I ain't a Navajo or a Seminole I rep the Iroquois nations on the Indiana Rapsensation <laughs> Indigenous, indigenous, indigenous lyricists Come on Indigenous, indigenous lyricists, indigenous, indigenous, indigenous lyricists, indigenous, indigenous, indigenous lyricists. I'm a tilted and hairy, your new favorite strain. Not waiting on salvation, I don't fear any pain. Elevated, not sedated, no flight to my plane. Constantly contemplative, I fight for indigenous gain. It ain't a comeback, I ain't no pioneer. My native roots go back thousands of years. But I've been on Brooklyn Stoops for over 20 years. And I still wanna clap back for the trillet tears. Mistake my life to instigate is perfect fear. I'm here to loot the narrative, abolish trick and barren. I'm here not mute to prove to you we're looking back and staring. My ancestors have made it through a genocide and famine. So please respect my need to grieve and chill with all the clearing. Uh. Indigenous, indigenous, indigenous lyricists. Indigenous, indigenous, indigenous lyricists. Ain't a Navajo, Blackfoot, a crow. I rep the Iroquois nations for the next seven generations. Tell them, 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 Y'all slipping out here and we calling you out. Wow, 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 wow. 
That was Dio Gandhi with Indigenous Lyricist. And before that, Angel Hayes with A Tribe Called Red. We're going to get real educational here, folks. Our next hula is entitled Kulukulu Vaimaka Okalahui. Mele Aloha Aina, or Sovereign's Lament. This title translates as follows, Tears Streaming Down the Face of the Nation. Falsely accused of conspiring of the counter-revolution, our Queen Liokalani was arrested and imprisoned here at Iolani Palace. Her home across the street at Washington Place was ransacked from top to bottom, just as the palace was following the overthrow two years earlier. Her papers, diaries, signed petitions against annexation were confiscated. In the old days, only certain individuals could handle royal belongings under penalty of death. Hence, this blatant disregard for her status was offensive and humiliating. scant living quarters to step out onto the upper veranda of the palace during the late night hours. It was during those quiet moments that she thought of her grieving nation and of her niece, the lovely princess Kaiulani, Hawaii's last hope. During this time, Lilo Kalani's niece, Kayulani, was sent word of the overthrow of the kingdom and traveled to America to speak with President Grover Cleveland about denying the annexation of Hawaii. 
The U.S. Senate did not proceed with the annexation. However, they did not restore the monarchy to power. Lilo Kalani was placed on house arrest after a stash of firearms was found in the palace gardens. Although she denied any knowledge of how the guns got there, she was still placed under house arrest and forced to give up her title as Queen of Hawaii. She fought for the rights of her native people of Hawaii and will always be remembered as the last sovereign monarch of the island of Hawaii. Princess Kaiulani's health soon deteriorated, and at age 24, she passed away. In this song, Le No Kaiulani, it speaks of her grace and charm, and the expectation and love that the people of Hawaii had for their princess. <laughs> Five, Wilma Mankiller became the first principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. She served three terms and led many community development projects. She helped establish tribally owned businesses, helped bring water to the city of Bell, Oklahoma, and also helped the tribe build a hydroelectric facility. These projects brought men and women of the tribe together to work for the common good. In 1998, President Bill Clinton awarded her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Her book, an autobiography titled "Mankiller: A Chief and Her People," became a bestseller. She was Miss Magazine's Woman of the Year in 1987. She was inducted into the Oklahoma Women's Hall of Fame, and also received the Elizabeth Blackwell Award. In 1993, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. In 2010, Wilma passed away at the age of 64. In 2013, a film called *The Cherokee Word for Water* tells the story of the Bell Water Line project that helped launch Mankiller's political career. It was also the start of her friendship with her future husband, Charlie Soap. Here's the trailer for that movie. It started with the return of one Cherokee woman, Wilma Mankiller. 
You know anyone who could help me with the housing regulation? Who's that guy? Charlie Soap. Your plan is to ask the people to dig 18 miles of water line by themselves? But we need someone who knows the community out there. People out here in Bell, they're not much for meetings. How long do you plan to stick this out? How long do you plan to stick this out? Times when we care the most are the hardest times to get right. Are you shutting down the project? We've had plenty of failed projects in the past. The greatest need here in Bell is water and housing. We have a plan that will bring a water line into Bell. One way or another, I guarantee you that little project of theirs is going to fail. And something's not right. These people here care more about politics than solving the problems of the people. People in Bell are getting pressured for working on the water line. Cows feel a big storm coming. They head away from it. Buffalo, put his head down, face that storm. I asked him if I have the authority to make personnel decisions on this project. Mm-hmm. You're fired. Fire in a Maker, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for giving us what we already have and for what you're putting in front of us right now. You asking me out on a date? Yes, Charlie, I'm asking you out on a date. I was wondering when you'd get around to it. Get that equipment to head off my land! Get over here! It is a struggle, but we're going to make it through because you're with us. No one from Oak Ridge has signed up to work. You know, we sure could use your help over at Oak Ridge. Now, if we could just come together like we used to, Badoogie. Mama, I him. Charlene Teeters was a native student at the University of Illinois. 
One fateful day, she decided to go to a university basketball game. I got tickets to the game, and I tried to prepare them ahead of time of what they were going to see there. You know, it's, you know, they have this Indian mascot, as you know. They wear paint. Some people wear feathers. You know, they have war chants. They have, um, you know, just try to go through all the things that they would experience there. So, you know, you just have to ignore that, you know, to just enjoy the game. When the chief came out, and I'd never seen him, never seen him before, didn't know at all what he looked like, what he wore. You know, I just heard that the chief comes out and does build as an authentic dance. And he came out wearing that buckskin, really a beautiful buckskin, wearing uh, what looked like real eagle feathers all the way to the ground. And of course the fans go into a frenzy and all around us there were these people standing in their seats yelling, the chief, the chief, you know. Um, and it was, um, you know, my kids, you know, just sank in their seats. I saw my daughter be trying to become invisible. <laughs> my son tried to laugh. And with me it's a sadness that still won't leave me. But that sadness turns to anger just like that. And it still makes me really angry because I know they still do that. And I know that they're hurting other people when they do that. And I knew that I couldn't be here and not address that issue. My children know who they are. They're not confused about who they are. They know they're Indian. They have been taught to respect the person who has earned the right to wear an eagle feather headdress. What I saw in my children was a blow to their esteem, and it still makes me angry. That was a clip from an interview with Charlene Teeters in the documentary In Whose Honor, a documentary about Native mascots and the effect on Native students at the University of Illinois. Charlene and her fellow Native students began to protest the sporting events at the school, holding signs that said, Indians are human beings. In 1991, she became a board member of the National Coalition on Racism in Sports and the Media, holding demonstrations and marches outside numerous sports stadiums across America, in an education effort on racial stereotyping. In November of 2014, she attended a rally with 5,000 other protesters to protest the Minnesota Vikings and Washington football team. She addressed the crowd with many other longtime Native mascot fighters such as Tara Huska and Winona LaDuke, and she continues her fight to this day. Coming up in April, she will be protesting the Cleveland baseball team and their logo, Chief Wahoo. Uh, we are not stereotypes. We are not those things that they put forward, those objects. We are the human beings because when you translate the names that we have for ourselves, 
They translate to mean the human beings, the real people, the original people, the first people, or simply just to our humanness in some way. Everybody loves them some Indians. Love you some Indians. Be the Indian and not the cowboy. Throw on a war bonnet. Tell me it's fashion. Tell me how imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Go to your local truck stop. Buy some dream catchers made from China. Hang them on your rearview mirrors of your Jeep Grand Cherokees, your Pontiacs, your Winnebago's. And as you drive down I-40, your vehicle will catch the dreams roadkill by manifest destiny. And this whole time, your radio chimes, this land is your land, this land is my land. Love you some Indians. Honor them by making them mascots. Turn them into cartoon characters. Costume yourselves in crimson paint. Use the blood off of red skin. Smear it all over. Cover every inch. You are Indian. Add big black eyes, big smile, and white, white teeth. Don't forget the fake feathers. Cover your skin. Don't tell me it doesn't come with privilege. Cover it. Hide like you're ashamed of pigment. Like it separates you from the norm. Tan that hide, work beneath suns, make it so scarlet it becomes purple in the shade. Add feathers, add bows and arrows. You are Indian, now dance. This stadium is your bonfire. You are Indian. Practice your tomahawk chop. You are Indian. Welcome the Braves that have a higher enlisting rate in our armed forces. Welcome the Kansas City Chiefs as they make their way to the field for the halftime spectacular. Welcome. The Seminoles, as a ghost of Osceola, haunts the Enfields. Washington Redskins don't change your name. Instead, hashtag Redskins Pride. Make social media our battleground. We all know that Indians don't have Twitter accounts. We still use smoke signals. Applaud the Chief Wahoo's bright white chompers as it casts you a reflection on how to love you some Indians. Go paint the town. Double coat over history. Whitewash the red bricks of the reservation. Let's have Indian days in our school. Use November to teach our students the turkey dance with color construction paper, headdresses, and teepees. Now go home. Wash off the paint. Go back to your thinking that you honored your team. Back to thinking that you honored the Indian. We are only costumes. Back to thinking that you only find us in Western and Disney films. Go back to thinking that we only exist in history books. Go back to thinking that all of this was just fun and games. Now shake my hand. And ignore how your fingers lasso around my wrist, tying us to our ancestors, yet we still survive. Now tell me how you loved you an Indian.
sometimes I say, what would Nelson do? You know, talking about Mandela. What would Mandela do? I mean, you look at the situation of, you know, South Africa with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. You look at, uh, you know, the president of Liberia, the first woman president of an African country. Um, Ellen Johnson, she said, I believe in redemption. There's two sides. One side is the apology in which the perpetrator says what I did was wrong and I would like to make amends to you. That has not happened. (laughs) And the other side is the offer of redemption. Because as Mandela said, is that the perpetrator also carries this weight of the crime and becomes his own victim in that dynamic of having done something egregious. And so in that guilt, the perpetrator is not healthy either. So the process of apology and redemption or forgiveness, yeah, is a mutual healing process. I believe it takes many levels. And, you know, I mean, the best story I know that is today, this story, which is, you know, not essential to your film, but the Pawnees were driven from their homeland in Nebraska. And with them, they took their sacred foods that they grew, their pumpkins and their melons and their beans and their corn. And they moved to Oklahoma and they could not grow them. And their sacred seeds dwindled and dwindled until they had very few of some of those varieties. And then one day, a descendant of the settlers in the Pawnee homeland near Kearney, Nebraska, called the Pawnees and said, we would like to grow your seeds. Would you let us? And the Pawnees deliberated long because they had very few left. But they sent those seeds back to Nebraska. And the seeds flourished. And what the Pawnees told me was that the seeds remembered the land they came from. And in that, there was both an apology and a redemption. And two years ago, they had a Pawnee homecoming, Welcome Home Pawnee Days in Kearney, Nebraska. And 8,000 people came to welcome the Pawnees home. And so in that story, you have that corn is more than a food. It is a history. That seeds have spiritual meaning. And that corn in itself, though, needs relationship to humans. You have the loss of that sacred relationship and the need in itself of those seeds for their land. And then you have people who make history through their redemption. 
Planting the seeds and feeding up the people. Today my boys grow to be strong men. I teach by example. They break the cycles of oppression. The gifts to my world as I witness their actions. I see their kindness, respectfulness, and old soul wisdom. My love and I grounded. Nothing can stop us. Our family is the circle pushing out with the Into the night, our power we must collect to the power of one. Cultivating our freedom, true responsible awareness. And by turning up the soil, we see that with dreams and bear resentment. The reason why only how we plan the traditional way is to harvest our decisions to revolutionize each day. Plant the seeds. Plant the seeds. Plant the seeds. Can you? 
take, take, take and not appreciate the soil Don't let this black snake contaminate our drinking water This is for our sons and daughters And the river is our sisters and our brothers We are camping out for each other We are stronger when we band together And we're standing up for the water Don't poison the future away
The names of the faces have been silenced and erased from history's recorded time and place as we step back through our ancestors' paths, through the womb, the trees, the rivers, the sacred fire. We find that the land and the people are one and the same, and that the spirit and blood of our ancestors are within us and shall never, never die. I'm growing home, growing home. North Carolina is crying in my soul. Creator, I'm reaching out to
think that Justin Timberlake is making an effort. I gather you don't feel what he's doing is worthwhile. Well, have you seen how much teenagers are going missing in uh, Thunder Bay? You know, um, there's white supremacy, obviously. You know, that's what's going on. You know, that young boy. Uh, yeah. How can he be blamed for that? I mean, you don't think that anything he's doing is helping the situation? Is it? Is he? Is he an improvement over Stephen Harper? I mean, what? what talk record? Is it? He, excuse me. Did I just hear you correctly? How can he be blamed for that? No. Excuse me. Don't speak to us that way. Right now, you do not speak to us that way. We are human beings, and the way that you're speaking to us is not acceptable. No, stop it. Stop it right now. You don't, we don't want you here. Can you please leave? Step out. Step out. Then I don't want to hear from you. You don't speak to us like that. simple question. Yes. And this is the problem, the way you communicate. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm, I'm not arguing. Stop. No, stop. Stop. You need to stop. You need to stop. Stop. You're a guest here. And you don't even know how to speak to us. You don't even recognize the tone in your voice and your delivery. And we're and No, you're done. You're done. Next question. How do you think? How do you Yes. How do you think? You better be respectful. I'm being totally respectful. I'm, I'm asking how Justin Trudeau's record compared to Stephen Harper's record. Do you think he's improved the situation? I think that's what he's asking. Like we have a holistic genocide happening here. I'm Don't speak on behalf of Julie. Can you just answer the question, I can please? Speak for myself. And I can speak for myself. You know what, white people? You've had your voice here for 524 years. 524 years you've been visible, white lady. You've been visible for 524 years. Look how fast your white man comes and steps up for you. Where, where is everybody else to come and step up for us? I have a right to my voice. I'm still fighting for my voice and my visibility. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you right now, there has been 524 years of holistic genocide on Turtle Island. We're the ones that are dying. It's not you that is dying. And, and as far as how Justin Trudeau is doing, one of the things that we need to keep in mind is we're asking the United Nations to help us that charges of genocide, a war against humanity, war crimes, and a crime of aggression be laid because your liberal party was also responsible. Every party, your every governance that has been in power, there's been a war conflict of Indian residential school, 60 scoop, Indian day school, and millennium scoop. None of your governments have clean hands. All your governments, all of your governments have blood on their hands. None of you are different. You haven't changed because you haven't started your healing journeys. The moment that we have our voice in our backbone, you, you want to shut us down. And you think you have, you're privileged to disrespect us. The moment we tell you because of your colonial mindset and your colonial way of being, 
your white privilege, your white fragility, you can't take our truth. Look how many people came to bat for you, white lady, and you're a guest here. Without us, you'd be homeless. This is over. Aboriginal women make up 4.3% of the female population, yet in 2012 they accounted for 23% of murdered women. Murdered women. We're seeing murdered the women. same overall overrepresentation of Aboriginal victims here as we are in the rest of the country. country. Jacko's country. niece Maisie country. and her friend Shannon left to go to a party. party. They never came back. came back. The grassroots has long called for a national inquiry. In order for it to be meaningful, it would really have to be led by the people. The Harper government has always said no. no. Across Canada, people realize that this is a problem that we've got to stop sweeping under the rug. Under the rug. We stand in solidarity calling for a full national public commission of inquiry into the issue of murdered and missing Indigenous women in this country. country the Prime country, Minister has refused country. a royal commission. Why not a parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Squire? Just how many Aboriginal women are actually missing or killed in Canada? There's something wrong, wrong in Canada if Aboriginal women have to live this fate. It's time for us to acknowledge this crisis and for us to act. It's long past time we address the reasons why Indigenous women are five times more likely to be killed than other women. Almost 1,200 Aboriginal women and girls have been killed or gone missing over the past three decades. The gruesome discovery of Tina Fontaine's body in Manitoba's Red River. Will the Conservative government stop embarrassing Canada on the world stage and at least today agree to cooperate fully? I don't know what you have to, to be taken serious. I, I think the only time you're taken seriously is when someone is murdered. We'd always heard about things on TV, you know, but never really realizing how that would impact us until it happened to our family. It's our Aboriginal communities that have been searching for our own and really trying to, you know, get some justice. I've had to hit check myself and was because I had no money, right? You wouldn't put yourself in a in a position of danger if you had money. It's a big barrier in, in a lot of communities and hitchhiking becomes a part of life. Our lives are entangled with, with the women mm -hmm. who've gone missing and been murdered over the years. 
you know, it can't be a secret. We have to talk about it. If a young woman is feeling victimized, you know, who is she going to trust to go to? I don't think that First Nations in general think that our, the RCMP are someone that they can go to for help. So who do we trust, from the police to the judges to the children? It doesn't just affect the family, it affects the whole community. And from there it affects, you know, like there's people all over the world that it is affecting. As a leader, I think that it's my responsibility to ensure that I share my story because it, all it takes is one person to hear that story and it may change their lives. You know, there's going to be a day that I hope on not very long down the road where all women will be protected, all women will be safe. She was a mother and my sister and she was my best friend and yeah. We just really miss her, and, and I still miss her, you know? Thank you for joining our celebration of Native women here on KBOO Portland. If you're interested in more Native American music, news, and issues, you can tune in Thursdays at 6 p.m. for Rose City Native Radio. I've been your host, Jackie Malstrom. Thanks for listening. With our brothers and sisters, we stand and fight with a drum song this Change of time. This is the truth, reckoning, the human awakening. Together, brothers and sisters, I will no more. Together, brothers and sisters, I.